Good evening, everyone. Hope everyone is well on this beautiful Friday. Um, so, yeah, just to let you know, um, the SFL has now started and the amateur football platform is part of this journey. So, hey, this is going to be a new segment every single Friday where I'll be talking to uh, players, coaches and managers about their teams, but more importantly, about those individuals. You know, for like you guys to actually get to know those individuals more. Enough about that. Enough about that. Enough about that. Let me let me get kind of get get straight into it. Get straight into this. I've got house from Kamazi Strikers. What's going on, sir? How are you, man? You okay? Thank you for having me. No, no, thank you, thank you for like coming on. And um, hey, you know what? Let's let's kind of yeah, let's let's kind of start. Um, you guys played Hacks FC last week. Sunday. Yes. Um, yes. Could you kind of quickly run down in terms of what the score was and and it's, and it's how how well or they played and how well you think Kamazi played? Um, first of all, congratulations to Hacks, obviously, because they won. It was four one to them in the end. Um, in terms of the game, um, from our side, we started well. You know, we had a few problems. Um, to me, we had enough players there that were, you know, good enough to start. So we started well. We was um first 10, 15, we was um really dominant and we got a really fluky goal. <laughs> like a really, really fluky goal. And then um and then after that, I think the game just changed. It started changing hats. I think they're they're a team that's very resilient. You can see that they've been together for a while and they play together. They understand each other. I think with um, Kamazi, we're still a let's say we can say like a new team. You know, it's quite fresh. You know, no matter we've got a very good squad, but it's still fresh. So people are still getting used to each other in a sense. Um, but no excuses because hats done really well. They're a very resilient team. They had a very good, good few little wingers at the side that were quite fast. And they started causing problems. And then um, we made, literally it was on us, really. You know, we made three mistakes that you can't make in this league. And we got punished for it. And then, yeah, that's really what happened, you know. So... It was a learning curve, you know, these days as, um, as positives, in a sense, you know. I move on from it. But... Mm. It was a good learning curve from us. Cool. And in terms of pre-season, you know, um, how how well or how prepared were like you guys um, during during the pre-season? Because like you said, it's a new team, so you guys are in a transitional period. Yeah, it, we had a. I just say we have a good pre-season. The only issue with, um, I guess, playing on Sundays is trying to get a consistent team. You know, we, we have a lot of boys but each week there was different you know different clientels so it changes so it was hard to get some sort of you know consistency but it was a good pre-season we got a lot of boys fit and that's for us you know um there's a bigger plan than just winning trophies in a sense you know we want to actually help people that's the reason why there's a motivation project the other Kamazi side, you know, the young boys, we're here to actually try and mentor young boys and make them understand um, life situations and 
grow into men, you know, grow into young men. So at the same time, when things like this happen, we always want to try and teach and learn and make them make them learn and understand things, you know. Yeah, love that, love that. And to anyone that's watching, please feel free to put your comments or like questions. Again, this is an interactive show. This is not an like an interview-based thing. We're here to build conversations and to you know and to build more awareness. So putting like Kamazi aside, let you know, let's kind of know a little bit of yeah, a little bit more about you. So um okay, what was your first footballing memory? As in <laughs> As in, where did, my first footballing memory. Yeah, <laughs> my first yeah. Footballing memory was, yeah. I'm going way back, bro. I'm going way back. Come on. Was me. Um, I'm a Lucian boy, so I play for Lucian Youth, and uh, my I, I I I could play football, but I didn't understand the rules. So it was a goal kick, and <laughs> the ball was passed out to me, but I was in the box. And it happened like four times. The referee was trying to blow it back, give it back, but I just didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's if you say first memories, that was that's one of my first ever memories that always sticks to me or makes me remember how much I've grown in football, you know. Mm -hmm. And and how like was your kind of family dynamic regarding football? Were they very supportive? Um, was it all about education? Like, how did kind of things navigate with you? Both. You know they were they were very supportive in football. Um, my dad trained me a lot. Me and my brother, he trained us a lot, a lot. He was really on us, but he was um, but he was on education as well. You know, you have to learn, you have to do work, you have to do things like that. So, like at that way, he was the pressure was on. You know, <laughs> the pressure was on in 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 my household. But yeah. Um, you they were definitely supportive in football, they were a main reason why I was in football, in a sense, you know. And and um, are you like the oldest, the youngest? Are you the middle child? What's I'm, the, I'm the youngest, You're the youngest, okay. The youngest. Yeah, so, like, did, did you feel like it was kind of competing with your brother and could also competing to kind of get your dad's attention when it kind of came to uh football? Um, no, not really, not really, because um. Me and my brother, we were always close. So it was always me learning from him and he liked in and it's always been that way, you know. So I was learning from him, watching what he was doing. He was always doing things first, obviously, because he was the older one. And um I used to join in with him and join in with the older lot. So it made me a lot better. Um but um no, I don't feel like we ever competed. I don't think it was like a competition. I think he was happy when he saw his little brother getting becoming good, you know, sort of thing. So we, didn't, we never really competed like that. So I'm um, kind of moving on from from kind of playing uh, as in like your first memory regarding Lucian. So what? So when did you like notice or Lucian? When like? Well, when was that kind of transition where you're like, you know what? I'm actually kind of good at this game. Like, you know, um, who? Who kind of spotted you, or was it just a, I don't know, just kind of like a growth within the game? Um, definitely a growth in the game. I think Lucian Youth. I, I got scouted from Lucian Youth, so I definitely grew with Lucian Youth straight away. You know, I learned a lot playing for that team, but at the same time, I was training. So because I was training, um, 
it you know it just it was it was easier to learn a lot quicker you know a lot quicker so i was becoming better than i got i remember i think i got scouted by mickey i can't remember mickey abby rest in peace um he was a scout but he died a long time ago um anyway but um yeah he scouted me to qpr when i was about eight or nine i think i was eight or nine so i was i was in the system from quite young you know i was straight away in the system playing going to places like bisham abbey which is like the england training ground and doing tournaments there and stuff like that um but yeah because i was training a lot i was always training 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 so my the, <laughs> other kids who were just playing for fun i was actually learning quite quickly because i was getting trained in all different you know what i mean i was doing i was an athlete i was doing so much athletic things i was in karate so I mean, I was doing so much. It was so much. I was becoming so strong that I think I was. I was also playing in the league in the older age group as well. So you know, what I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot when I was young. I was doing a lot of sports. <laughs> and and within your kind of QPR age group or literally that that generation, um, how um how kind of was the friendship groups there? Um, was it competitive? Well, you know, um, well, like people QPR, were helpful. I mean, how, how was QPR, the whole thing? QPR was different. It was it was different when we was younger because um, they ha we had it. It was split, so they had South London and West London. So there was South London training. The boys that would go to South London to train with QPR, and then the West London boys. And then when it was a match, we we meet up. You know, so there was a lot of competition south and west. Even at that young age, you know, we. We knew our day with the West London boys and we had to impress to get in the team sort of thing. Um, but it was always fun. It was always fun. I don't feel like there was a few boys that, you know, you didn't really get along with, but m more time it was fun. All the boys were enjoying it, you know. So, wow. yeah. And and um, and what what ages, or actually what age were you at um, QPR Eight to about 12, I believe. I think I got released at 12. That's when I started, you know, getting my growing pains. <laughs> I was getting, I had, because I was playing, also used to play on such hard grounds when we were younger, you know, like everything was concrete or something like that. And then um, when I started to grow, I started to get things like Oscar Slatters, which I think a lot of people knew I had to get keel surgery and stuff like that. So um, I was always getting injured. So I got released at, from QPR at that point, but I wasn't good enough because I just couldn't use my body like how I was when I was a bit smaller and, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, I left QPR about 12, about 12, I think it was 12, 13. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, of course, you know, there's been like a lot of talk about, you know, mental health, not not like only in men, but also, at, you know, at academy level in terms of how much yeah. pressure there is. Yeah. Um, can, can you remember how you felt when, um, when like, they were talking about, you know, you like moving on and literally how did like that affect your confidence and, and, and like, also your like life outside of football as a, as a, a yeah, as a kind of young kid, no, not um, a teenager yet. The problem was when I was younger, um, I just always wanted to pay for fun. It was just fun, fun, fun. You know, when we went to Queens, um, when we went to QPR, it was still fun, but until that decision-making day, 
and then they're judging you on you know what they think about you or about but them at them times there's no social media so there's not things that can make you understand what's going on you know so i felt like at that time no one not even my parents were able to get me prepared for what was about to happen do you know what i mean so when i did get told um it hurt because you're always you're getting told you're good you're good you're good oh you're, now you're playing in a better team you're good you're good you're good and then someone tells you you're not good and this takes everything away from you it's 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 a big you know um that slap in the face of how cruel life can be and sort of thing but when i was younger when i was young um i probably just bounced back off it but to be fair i didn't play football after that for a little bit like i've got that a lot of that in my career that like, sometimes i just ghost away from football and not play you know what i mean for a couple of years or something like that yeah. um so um i just want to go in the comments quickly millie from holland turner said big up my brother big house hey love 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 <laughs> and then and then we've got mo uh football coaching uh thank you thank you and then uh we've got the chris chris the wizard hubbard hubby yeah. you know what i'm up, saying man? quality quality player um quality so player. so yeah you you kind of talked about literally falling out of love with the game yeah. so um literally once you got released from QPR, what was like your next move and and literally how long did it take you to to kind of get back within the football community? So um when I wasn't playing, now my school friends were onto me, you know. Ah, oh, you should come play, you should come play. Um at the time they were playing for Pelo. One of my school friends' dad was one of the managers of Pelo. Um for people that are from like East Dulwich. Brixton area, they'll know what Pelo about Pelo. Um, they were in a, a league called the Tandridge League. I don't know if it, if you don't remember that league, or whatever. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, they were on to me, but I still didn't want to play. I didn't want to play at that time. What was annoying was being taken away from the quality. So now I had to get used to playing with players that wasn't like all the players that I was just playing with. So. It made me stop liking football. I hated it. I didn't actually enjoy going there because I'm not playing at the level that I want to play at, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, 100%. Um, so maybe like a year or two years, then, or maybe a year and a half, and they convinced me to join Pelo, um, which probably was the best decision to make because that's what started my career, really. So love that. And, and literally, um, at that age, that tender age of 12, 13, did you know what position you wanted to play? Um, I started off as a right winger. Imagine that. So I got scouted <laughs> to QPR as a right winger. Um, I was super fast and I was younger and, and powerful. I couldn't look up. I just ran, kicked and ran. And Chelskis. Yeah, just just beastie. You know what I mean? And then, um, uh, yeah, when I was when I left. I thought at that time, striker. I'm scoring goals. I score goals. I just score, score, score. That I've got a great strike. Like at that at young age, I thought, yeah, that's me. I'm gonna be a striker. So I joined the club as a striker, sort of right winger, sort of 
to see. Um, and yeah, that's why I played. I played for them right wing striker. And then, how like did your career um, transcend? Um, so we went. I'm beaten for three years. Wow, uh, like something like that for like two and a half years, something like that. And then the game that we lost, I got scouted. <laughs> so I got scouted as a striker for Arsenal. And then um was at Arsenal for a little bit, um, blah, blah, blah. They went to, um had a little issue with Arsenal. And Arsenal gave me a decision that I can go to Southend or Crystal Palace. Um, went to both of them and they both offered me a contract. Um, and then when I was at Crystal Palace, Ian Dowie and Bob Dowie were there, the managers and stuff there at the time. And um, they both came up to me one day and they were like, you're massive. You're massive. You're one of the most defensive strikers I've seen. You can tackle anybody. You tackle, track, track. So why don't we try put you in defence or something like that? And I was like, mm, whatever, whatever. They played me one game. I had a blinder, and then it was like, oh, from there, yeah, centre back, <laughs> centre back, centre back, and then that's what it was at like Crystal Palace. Through my actual scholarship, scholarship going on, I was having to learn a whole new position now. So I had to a whole new position of learn how to become a centre back. You know what I mean? I've been playing forward my whole life, and then now that's what it was. So that's how it, yeah, transcended. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it's actually quite interesting just hearing you speak and then how you kind of literally kind of brushed over like the Arsenal journey. So, so that journey was, you know, wasn't for, you know, fulfilling for you. Like there was, it was, it was the, the best, start. it was the best. That journey, that journey made me, it, I, I went from a player that was here to like here mm. in the space of like a year of being with Arsenal. The academy is crazy. The training they do is is next level. You know, I went from playing Sunday league, training once a week in Crystal Palace on AstroTurf. You know, like <laughs> everyone's just playing games. There's not really, you know, technical training. You know, learn technical. You go to Arsenal now, and they're doing technical. You know, you got to do basically samba and dancing and. To be rhythm, you have to, have to do the rhythm. That's what Arsene Wenger was there at the time, you know. He was bringing a different style to whole things, you know. Everything was pass, pass, move, pass, move. Like it was just, it was just mind blowing, you know. But it made me a, 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 a such a better player. Um, I, I think I, I played one game. Um, I've got played one game. They signed me. No, I played one training session. Sorry, from the game that we lost when I was at Pelo, they sat, they scouted me. I went to one training session and there's names there that now who are footballers like Henry Lansbury, Jack Wilshere, um, Sanchez Watt, um, Manuel Fringpong, like all of them a lot are in training. Like it's, 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 it's serious, you know? Um, and then um, I've just fit in straight away. Like everyone, they're like, boom, signed up straight after training. One training session. I was like, wow, like gave me the kit. Boots. <laughs> it was the time when Arsenal was wearing the yellow. Oh, yeah, yeah, two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> gave me everything. Like, gave me fresh boots. Everything. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. You know, what's this about? You know, and and literally kind of going 
going to Arsenal and literally having that euphoria. I mean, um, coming like back home and then of course talk, literally talking to your friends. Like how, how was you know? Well, did the dynamic change? And you know, um, and literally, how like was then your like support network? At I won't, home, at school, like I won't, I won't say um, any names, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had a, I had a friend that actually we went to school near each other, and um, he'd been in the system a bit longer than me, or lasted longer, right? And um, when he heard that I got into Arsenal and been signed, when he saw me, he's like, "I hate you, <laughs> I hate you, <laughs> I actually hate you," <laughs> and. Um, Obviously, at the time, I thought, it was, I thought it was sort of funny, but it sort of did make me think, hold on, people are acting a bit different now, you know? Um, it was a lot harder, um, you know, to travel to North, going to North, going to North. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't easy. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was an easy thing for my parents and, and you know, but... Um, we did it, we did it, and it was for the benefit of myself, you know. Actually, like I said, if I didn't do that, I don't think I would have got the contract at Crystal Palace, to be fair, because it prepared me for that level. So when I went to Crystal Palace for um, a training game, when um, or when they, when they scouted me, um, I was ready. I was ready. And in that game, they had Victor Moses, Sean Scannell, Johnny Bostock, you know, and I've they just thrown me in, you know, like I've just thrown in like, yeah, let's go and see what you can do. And yeah. Wow. So um how like old were you when you went to Palace? Um six just left school, sixteen. So I got I, I I went basically Palace had already chosen their scholarship scholarships, they already had all their scholarships. So when I got scouted, I was at the age of they have to give me a scholarship. You have to be good enough to get a scholarship. Do you know what I mean? So I've gone from Sunday football to, oh, now you're in <laughs> in real stuff. You know what I mean? In the real profession. But I still didn't really understand it yet. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really understand what a scholarship was. I didn't... Like the kids nowadays, or the, this generation, they understand everything. They... Do you understand? Everything's yeah, so yeah. given. They understand it. They know what a scholarship is. They know what they're trying to go for. They know that... All the kids that I was playing with didn't even know. My friends didn't know what a scholarship was. And I was telling them, yeah, I'm going to go and play football and they're going to pay me. And and they were like, it was like a, what? Like, what? Are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm, I don't have to go to college. And, like, I go to college at football and it was just a, a, you know what I mean? A shell shock. Like, it was just crazy for us mm -hmm. to believe that, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. So... Anyway, like I said, I played the game. I played really well, and they signed me straight away. Signed me straight away. Same thing with Arsenal. Signed me straight away. Gave me a two-year scholarship. Um, it's funny because I played one game at South End, and um, South End offered me a two-year scholarship and a one-year pro, and I didn't take it because it was too far. Because if you had a problem with North, <laughs> South End is massive, you're gonna have a massive problem with South End, you know. So. Um, Crystal Palace, obviously, I'm from Crystal Palace, so you know, from basically Crystal Palace, you know, I'm there, I'm on my doorstep, so might as well go for the two year scholarship. And if I'm good enough, I'll get the pro, you know what I mean? That's that's how I thought of it, you know what I mean? So, so, so now literally being converted into a to a center back, and literally you've kind of got that 
there was like two years to you know, like, let's say prove yourself. I mean, um, what what adjustments did you have to make, and can you remember any kind of games where you thought, you know what, oh, I you know that was blatantly my bad, and some games where you're like, you know what, I have to give it to myself. I was absolutely outstanding. Um, it was hard at first because I was, I think, like in my how I was raised, the striker's the best player, you know, okay. and. I was always the best player. Do you get what? I, as that's how I felt, and I feel that energy when I play. That's what I try to project to people. And um, when I got put to centre back, it was like, "What are you trying to say? <laughs> Do, like, are you not trying to say something to me?" So I had to, as a young man, sort of hold my aggression, like. I used to play at centre back, and because I knew I could take touches, I'd want to take touches because that's what I'm used to at, at front being asked to do something, you know. But in centre back, you're not asked to do something; you're just asked to give. And I was like, okay, it was very hard. People would get upset with me, you know. There was times where I'd take too much touches, lose the ball, boom, it's a goal, you know. Oh no! But in my head. There was the next times where people knew I could, I'd do a curve turn on on the on, on our box, edge of our box, get away with it, ping it forty yards. Do you know what I mean? So it was just adapting to learning that as a centre back, you don't have to do too much. But it was hard to accept that. It was hard to accept that as a guy that was asked, always asked to do. You know, yeah, go on, go and get the goal for us. Go on, go on, assist. Go on, and then now you're asked, no, just go and give it. It's like. Are you trying to say that I'm not good enough? You know, as a young man, you don't hear what people say. You start thinking, you start thinking, thinking, thinking. And I was an overthinker. I was an overthinker. So, yeah. And, and like, you know, any kind of games that kind of stand out that were good or bad or indifferent? Um, I remember a game against Tottenham that was... Uh, I had a really good game against Tottenham, but the, a game that obviously stands out for me as the one that I think was my career sort of ender. But it's really, I, I'm happy because it started off a, a start of injuries that started to mess up my head. <laughs> so I was playing against, uh, we was playing Canby Islands, reserve game, done well, got to the reserves. Peter Taylor's the manager and he's watching. He's the under 21's England manager as well at the same time. And you know, they're spoken to my my dad and they're saying, you know, I'm doing well, whatever, whatever. If I, if I do this, if I do that, you've got a good chance of getting a, a chance, you know? Playing Canby Island, I'm having the craziest game of my life in front of everybody. Everyone's, I can, I'm, no one's getting past me. I'm doing everything, but it's pouring with rain, pouring, pouring with rain. I've gone in for one challenge at Canvey Islands, the, the the ground goes down. So it's like okay. you know that sort of ground. Yeah, um, at the, um, yeah, yeah, um, like throwings and yeah, like yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. I know it goes down. It goes down, but it had like a uh, a metal railing all the way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. So, it's the, so yes, do you understand? Like, so yes. people were stand, where people stand, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I've, yeah, I've gone in for a challenge and I've 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 slid because it's raining. I've continued. Yeah, I've mm. got the ball and I've continued. I've ended up, I'm so, I'm so like big at that time. My arms ended up underneath the railing 
my oh, whole wow. body's continued gone. I've dislocated my shoulder. I don't even know it's dislocated these times. All I can see is a hundred people from the stadium running towards the gate because wow. I can't. It's pouring with rain. I, I, I'm just on the floor. You know, I can't even see what's going on. I can see Peter Taylor, my dad, everyone's trying to lift up this gate. By the time I've seen it, I can hear someone telling me, pull your arm out, pull your arm out. I said, huh? What are you talking about? Pull my arm. I said, pull your arm out. I pulled my arm out. My whole arms is, is just totally, totally dislocated in, in the worst way possible. Um, <laughs> so from that point now, um, I can feel it. Now I can feel it. I'm like, fuck that. My my shoulder's gone, um, and I've just passed out. Literally on the pitch, I've just passed out. I've, next thing I know, I've woken up. I'm in foil. <laughs> I'm in foil in the changing rooms, um, and they rushed me to Southend Hospital, saying that I need the doctors see me, and he's like, they've got me in gas and air, and they're like, we're gonna have to pop your arm back in position. But what we are telling you, this is one of the worst dislocations we've seen because usually when people dislocate their arm. It goes forward. Mm. You've dislocated your arm and it's gone backwards. Wow. So you're gonna have to get um surgery to do your make your arm basically sit back here. Even now, when I do this, I can't raise my arm straight because it's um it's just been damaged ever since, you know. What I mean, um but anyway, yeah. Crystal Palace, big up Crystal Palace, you know, gave me got me private hospital everything you know pay for it all got me the surgery really quickly um had the surgery but then now that was at the point of when you're going to get a pro so i got offered a pro six months six months pro when you come back from injury come and come and show us you know what you're about when i came back from injury my arm basically i didn't realize what my arm me i'm i'm barging man i'm that's that's me i do my i couldn't mentally i just couldn't play no more i just was so scared to go in there were certain times i'll go in and it would hurt me and then i just couldn't be who i wanted to be i couldn't impress you know more you know what i mean so and at that time mentally i was i was done you know what i mean i was finished but what I didn't realize at that time was it wasn't Crystal Palace wasn't the end all, you know, it wasn't the end all. But for me, I felt like Crystal Palace had drained me from my from my football. You know, I'd I'd been drained. You know, I'd be like, I'm, I can't continue because all I'm doing is getting hurt now. I've been injured. Done my knee injury. I done my knee surgery. I done my ankle surgery. Now I'm doing my shoulder. I was like, this is a lot. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, that's what happened, really. Wow. So, I mean, again, as a as a young man, oh, literally, you know, you you are probably still a teenager at this time, so probably you're about eighteen. So you're like, yeah, yeah. About, you're about eighteen at the time. I mean, yeah. that's that's a traumatic journey, and and you know, you you kind of alluded that that like wasn't the end of your journey, um, but probably laying down on that hospital bed, knowing knowing certain things like that that like must have been kind of i'd say borderline my life is done you know um type of moment right i mean yeah 
I had a sling that wasn't a normal sling, so it was like a it was a cast, but it was like a black cast, but it had a big cushion underneath it because my shoulder had to sit in a certain position so it could recover. Because if I kept on moving it, it wouldn't recover properly. So for six to nine months, I'm sitting like this. I'm sleeping upwards like this because my back has been raptured. So I can't actually lay on my my right hand side. I can't sleep on my left hand side because my shoulders out of position. So I had to sleep and learn how to sleep like this for a while, you know. Um it, it done me in, it done me in. I can't lie. When I was when I was younger, it, it mentally I was, you know, we went to Jamaica on holiday and we went to um a place called Bath Fountain. It's a volcanic rocks and volcanic water comes out and the rasters there, they, you know, they massage people with the water and say it will heal your bones and heal stuff like that. <laughs> so um, I was there, I was there and the man was there hitting me with this hot water. And I mean, it's, it's volcanic water, it's boiling, boiling, boiling. And then since then was the only first time afterwards where when it was healing that I actually felt like, oh my God, some hot water has sort of made my shimmer. <laughs> my bones feel good, you know. Oh my gosh! But um, now it was a, it was a, it was a dramatic. Because at the same time, all you're thinking when you're injured is everyone's playing. Yeah, everyone's playing, and everyone's playing. Everyone's showing off. Last week, they won four nil. <laughs> Clean sheet. Guy, yeah, yeah, you know, he's playing and they had a clean sheet, and I'm sitting there not being able to do anything. It was it's so it's 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 a it's a very hard game, you know, to be in. You have to be so mentally strong, you have to be so mentally strong, you know. Uh so when um, what like happened after Crystal Palace? Um, after Crystal Palace, I went to Bromley. I went no no after Crystal Palace I went to South End actually, um I went to South End um wasn't really enjoying it like it wasn't the same as when I was younger, and I think I was expecting more because I was at Crystal Palace, so because I was at Crystal Palace I was expecting more from South End at that time, so I didn't really enjoy it so I went to um went to Bromley, um and then I was playing at Bromley for a bit, I played for, I think I played there for maybe like a season or two, you know. And then life just went went downhill from there for a bit, you know, bad mistakes, bad decisions, and stuff like that. And then, yeah, could you uh, could you elaborate on the bad mistakes, bad decisions? Uh, boy, I went from being at the top of the scale to being right down to the bottom. You know, being caught up in the wrong people, the wrong stuff. You know, after I think after Bromley, um, or throughout Bromley, and um, I, I went to Dulwich Hamlet, and obviously at the time, Gavin was still the manager. Gavin's just, you know, yeah, just uh, left like, yeah, yeah, just left them. Um, but this was years ago. I mean, this is like this is how long he's been there, you know. Mm. And they were playing on muddy pitches, and and I remember I played one game, and the pitch was so bad that you couldn't even pass. It was literally. A game of where the balls is hitting the mud, stopping, stopping, hitting the mud, stop it. Stop it. So it was literally like 
one of them games, I was like, uh, I, I, from that point, I was my head was gone. You know, I was gone. I was already involved in little things like street wires and stuff like that, and then made a silly mistake. Um, went Joe, I went Joe, literally. So life went from top to rock bottoms in the space of a a year, under a year, you know. Mm. And and she, um, when you kind of went to jail, I mean, um, what was your kind of mindset, you know, being being in that environment? Do you know what's so funny? Do you know one of the weak, like, I was I, I was so weak at that point. I think I think being judged for so long makes you either become someone that goes stronger or someone who goes weaker, you know? And I feel like it wasn't the fact of just Crystal Palace and everything else. I had a lot of pressure behind me and a lot of people always judging everything I did. Oh, you should do it this way. Oh, you should do it that way. You should do it this way. You should do it that way. And a lot of all that pressure, when I went Joe, I actually felt at, at ease. I felt like now no one's judging me. I can try and start again. I can start again. I can forget football. I can forget everything. I can just, you know, start again in myself, you know, in a sort of way that it was, it was a proper, you know, turn point for me. Mm. So I felt like, um, as a big, as a grown man now, I don't blame anybody or blame anyone for my mistakes or my decisions, but I felt at the time that a lot of people were pushing me, you mm. know, in that way. I couldn't understand things. No one was talking to me, if you understand, you know? Yeah. It was it was kind of literally about house you you let go and do this and then you would do it without them actually kind of explaining why and like you probably you probably felt almost like a puppet almost like you know you was just taking out instructions without actually knowing yourself. It's funny that you said that. That's exactly what it was. I used to say all the time, oh, I'm living you lot's dreams. I used to, oh, when I when they when they got to a point where you blow and I used to blow and get angry. I'm like, oh, I'm why am I doing all this for you? Look, like I don't want to do this. I want to go cinema. Like I want to go chill. Like, do you know what I mean? But it was never a time where I felt like I had, you know, um, my own decisions. It was always I'm trying to please, 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 you know, please the managers at at, at Palace. Please this one, be this, and it's like, nah, I'm not. I'm not being actually me. You know, I'm not being what I think. Sometimes I don't want to please you. Sometimes I don't want to say, you know, everything correctly. Sometimes I just want to say what's on my mind and not be judged for what I'm thinking. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, let me, let me be, let me think what I want to think and, and work it out. And then maybe a week's time I might come back and say, you know what? You was right. You know, you was actually right. But let me f- work that out instead of someone forcing it on me, if in a sense. Mm. You know? And, um, and what was your, first actually two things what what was your first meal outside of prison and and what did you do the first thing that you did outside as well um my friends took me to the calf <laughs> and um freaking because <laughs> i was just like i had a proper you know f- full english for a long time whatever <laughs> Yeah. Bro, it took me like two hours to eat, man. It was so full and I couldn't even finish it. I was like, this is too much. I ate like a quarter of it and I was like, yeah, this is too much. I can't even eat. I was so used to 
you know, when you're in jail, everything's slow. Everything's slow. You know, you have your food, you be eating your food for long because you don't even realize that you're just you're just sitting with it and just you know everything's just slower. So when you come out to fast paced stuff, I couldn't even concentrate on the food because I'm cars are going past. I'm looking on that. Everything's just it was just you know fast paced when I came up. And and um, regarding like the kind of fast pace and like you literally like you how when like you was describing that you was kind of looking over your shoulder like we like was it like a sense of paranoia was it kind of like the sense of do I do I belong in this situation or this area again you know because because like like a lot of people just reoffend so it, it, it was you know at that time when you come out you're sort of lost like like in a sense like. You know, you know what they say. Like, oh, if you go, you, you, if you're Joe, you you ain't gonna be able to do this. You ain't gonna be able to do that. You know, so you have that sort of mentality. Like, so what am I gonna do now? You know, um, am I gonna go back and do nonsense, or am I gonna try and do this, or am I gonna try and do that? Oh, I can't do this because I haven't got that. Or I can't. Do you know what I mean? It was just trying to work out which which way to go and which which is the right way to go in a sense and then your kind of journey back into football like how did how did that uh restart um i had enough of football you know i came out for a long time it was it was probably about five years so five years that i came out and um big up dean carpenter for those who know dean carpenter i'm gonna i'm gonna say he was the reason why i came back into football um he called me for ken <laughs> ken united um and was like oh look i'm down here we're starting something you know it's, it's a lot of the boys that i play with from young everyone's here you know we want you to come come and show i'm like look mate i play football for i'm i'm fit like i don't know i don't even know if i can still play and he was like, oh, I'll just come and see what happens. Oh, listen, I went down there, had a great season. It was a fun time. Um, got really fit, you know. Um, had a good season. We came second that season. Um, and then from there, I was just in. But I wasn't really fully in, like, how I am now. You know, I feel like... A couple other people like um like relic part of management in kamazi he's another major reason why i'm in football again because he always from school he's a school friend he was from school he's he's gone through me from from year seven you know and anytime we talk he's always like oh yeah you should come down i'm going here oh you should come down and it was funny because in school he wasn't he never played for, he wasn't the ones who played for we never he never played for a football team or or, he, or do you know what I mean? Like that, he just wasn't involved in his own team outside of school, you know. Um, so after a while, I was like, "Wait, all of these guys are playing football. I'm the guy that was playing football <laughs> all these years, you know. I've been waiting for this. I've been wishing and waiting for my friends to. Because when we was younger, my friends wanted to do, yeah, you know, other things. So now that everyone wants to play football, yeah, I'll." Get involved, so yeah, I'll give it to Dean Copper and 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 Relic definitely. And then, how does that kind of connect with the kind of Kamazi strikers introduction? Because Relic was playing for Kamazi, 
And um, another friend from our school called Drew was a centre-back for Kamazi. And um, Drew was another player. Like, when we were younger, he wasn't the greatest footballer, you know. And when I saw him at Kamazi, this guy's defending my brother at the game. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I'm, I'm, like, this is, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, like football... I learned, I learned something. I learned something. I'll be honest, that's what happened. I learned, I learned that, you know, I have to be patient. That was the thing that learned, taught me patience because life slapped me in my face there where it made me realise that everybody grows at different paces. Everyone grows. So someone might not be the best today, but in 10 years, you might be looking at them like, like your boss. They might be your boss, you know? So... That was one of them ones where it was like, wow, Drew's become this good, you know. Let me go back and at that time, I feel like I'm I, I know quite a lot of the teams and people and, and all the teams that we play against, but um no one knew I was playing. So at the time, Kamazi, my friend Relic, and my other friend Carl, Carl, who plays with Kamazi, the um the club, the captain. Yeah. Um player. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's another sort of school friend. He went to a school close to us, so we was always... And they were like, look, come to Kamazi, like, come. I went to Kamazi, similar thing that happened at Kent. Went down there for pre-season, and then I just went down there. I was, I was getting fit, and then I just loved the vibe. The vibe was so... There was just a family vibe there, you know? Everyone was just loving and jokey and, you know, and just... Wanted to work hard. That's one thing about Kamazi that I always liked about them is that they didn't have to be the best technically, but their players worked. They wanted to. They wanted to just play football honestly, you know. But sometimes when you get good players, they only want the ball. They only want to play when they have the ball, you know, when their team has the ball. When it's the dirty work and you got to run back after you lose the ball, they don't want to get involved with that. So it was nice to have a team that was like that, you know. Mm. And um, kind of moving on um, regarding like the Kamazi journey, and again, like, like that's how that's how we met. And uh, again, just just for kind of context for that, you know, anyone that's watching, uh, I think it was a London Cup against Saha. Yes, that I came out to film. Yes, and uh, again, you know, um, I didn't know none of the Kamazi guys. Um, yeah. I think the season. I think the season before, you guys won the the Opton and Bromley. Yes. Um, so again, like a very like established team, uh, but, but like you guys made me feel really welcome. You know, um, I was kind of really conscious of not being too intrusive because of course no one, no one, no one really knew me. Um, but like you know, you especially kind of made it really easy. And uh, and uh, I just want to show everyone uh, like a quick clip, um, which you know I love kind of going like back and literally putting on the amateur football. Uh, Instagram, so I'm just going to insert the clip right now. I'm a centre back, I played there, I got professional contract there, all them things, I understand it now. When the guy's about to run, you drop quickly, drop to where you want to be. You hold your line so the strikers are up. So when you drop, you're in position to attack the ball. If you stand on their thing, all they do is sit. I would, if I was standing, if I was playing against you, lot, I would have a hell of a day. Especially being a strong guy, I would just let you do what the guy done, stand in front of you lot, and just get the little flick on. You lot are watching the game like this. You're watching the game like this. The ball's gone, Lewis has lost it, next thing the ball's gone straight to his player. 
No one's even sitting there going, right, let me get tight to my man just in case we lose the ball. Let me get tight, let me concentrate. Let me be on the game. When the ball is not in your hands or it's not in your position, you need to know where is my player and who am I getting tight to? For no goals to go in. What a clip. What a clip. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's cringe when you watch yourself back, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, I mean, again, I, it, it was just, it was kind of just been kind of God's blessing that I just managed to turn and I managed to kind of catch that segment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that you, you didn't actually know that I was even filming. No, I was in the zone, man. I'm passionate. I want to win, man. I want to win everything. People that know me when I, when I was fit and when I'm fit and I'm training, they know me. I want to win everything. I want to win, 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 win. Doesn't matter. Like even if it's a ten meter race, I, I lose, but I want to win. Do you know what I mean? So, um, when I'm playing, I'm with a team, and I can. I just want to insert my passion into them. You know, in a sort of way. So that's what that was in, a, in a, at that time. And now with the kind of. Yeah, you know, as you said before, right at the beginning, it's a kind of transitional period. And, you know, we can say probably before the Sunday Football League, Kamazi were, I'd say, probably closer to the bottom half of the table rather than fighting for yeah. like the league. I mean, what, what, yeah, what was that like for you as like now part of management? And literally, how like do you motivate like your players to kind of carry on playing and, and to kind of... Um, come out with that positive attitude? I think that's what it is. What what we had to do is learn as management, you know. Management are also learning as well as the players are learning. So I think we started to learn a lot more things. And what what I did, to be fair, I wasn't even um, with Kamazi when they won the Open and the Bromley League. So I came after that league. Um but what had happened was a few of them players had left um, and I just wanted to implement a change to make things, you know, a bit more professional in a sense. As much as we're doing things Sunday, I always try to say to the boys that what I got taught, and I really do believe it, however you are on the pitch is how you're going to be in real life, you know. If you're a person on the pitch that doesn't like to work, in real life you're probably a person that doesn't like to work um and it's not the fact that i feel like things that you do on the pitch still resonate in your real life you know so i just try to make them understand that you know we have to first work hard and then everything else will come afterwards you know and um it's just been it's been a hard time to try and get consistency but i feel like because Say, for example, a, a group of players come one week and then three weeks later they come again. Once they start seeing the consistency through the management, they've started to be more consistent. So of late, we're getting more consistent, same numbers, same, you know what I mean? So we're trying our hardest now just to, no matter what, win, lose, we're, we're a family. We're here for good vibes. We're still going to go out and do, you know, group events and stuff like that because that's what we try to do at Commons, you know, make it more than just football. It's, it's it's actually a family, a friend by what enjoy each other's, you know, um company and stuff like that. So um 
that's the positivity that we try to push into the boys and just make them understand that we're doing a lot in the backgrounds, you know, even for, for now getting them, getting the YouTube channel started up, you know, KSTV and um, trying to market the boys in a different way. Cause there's still some boys that want to, they might not say it because, you know, they don't want to uh, say, you know, some people don't want to give their all. And then when it fails, they, everyone's like, oh yeah, you was trying. And then you, you failed. Some people would sit in the background and like they're not trying to become footballers, but, I know, I can see it. You know, I can see how they act and how they go on and how they treat football. Um, so it's it, it'll be a blessing to be able to, you know, market. You never know who's watching. Someone day with someone could be watching and then let's know your, you get your chance that you've been desiring for, looking for, you know what I mean, sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, Iggy and James, I mean, how, how important... Uh, those two guys, um, um, Akamazi. Oh, they're they're the backbone of that club, man. They're they're really. It, it's it's funny because you know they actually. That's that's teamwork there. You know they both understand their jobs individually and they do their jobs. You know, without any ego or, you know. So that's that's you know James James is. Is brilliant. He does everything for that club, you know. He does everything for that club. But same with Iggy. Iggy, you know, the, he's a master scout. He's always trying to look for footballers, and he's out there, and he goes and watches some of the boys that play Saturday, and you know what I mean. So, we people make mistakes. We make mistakes, but we're always willing to learn, and you know, and own up, own up to our mistakes in a sense. No, you know, um, big like shout out to to Iggy and James, James. James was literally one of like the first people after after the Kamazi Saha game that actually called me and said, "You know what, uh, Tabriz, I don't really know you, but what you're doing, man, it's absolutely amazing." Yeah, and um, like he always kind of calls me, you know, every kind of few weeks. Like um, I kept, um, I came down to your to last year's um, like cook off barbecue with the legends. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And, uh, literally, James like Tabriz, man, like you've got to come down, and you know, like he's always welcoming always and yeah no 100 man you're, you're doing an amazing thing man you're doing an amazing thing and you're getting your name out there and you know i'm hoping everyone pushes your name as much as you try to push sunday league and grassroots football man you can see the love that you have and, and we appreciate it. that's why we're here you know we don't really like to follow the crowd or or you know get involved with um things that are unnecessary but i feel like this is something that is necessary to do you know Thank you, thank you, and and um, even though it wasn't the best result against Hacks, but how like excited are you guys now being in, in the SFL? We're excited, man. We want to play against the best teams. Like, I've never been a person that wants to play easy games. Why do I want to play easy games? What's that going to do for you? It's not going to do anything for you, you know. And one thing about Hacks that was good is the reaction from the boys afterwards. You know, you could see that they were upset. You could see they were were annoyed with themselves you know and i'm hoping that you know and that they bring a, a change to this week you know what i'm saying and whoever gets chosen to play this week understands what them boys went through last week by not um shutting up shop in a sense you know what i mean and you guys got is it grand grand yeah we got grand big game big game hey you know hey Every single game in the game. Sunday Football League is a big game. Massive. Yeah. Massive. It's a cup cup final every game, man. Like, 
you know, the boys know where it is. Is it bragging rights? I'm joking, but no, nah, it's serious, it's serious, it's serious, it's, it's not a joke. And now, the good thing about nowadays is, well, the leagues that we're in, Sunday League is not what Sunday League used to represent, you know, beers, oranges at half time, smoke <laughs> at half time, you know, I mean, like. As much as as much as that is the culture, we love that. I was weird. but now I feel like you know you're getting boys that actually are you know fit, staying fit at longer ages. You know, not getting to twenty eight and then losing their way, and then you know, I mean, it's, it's so it's good, it's good. And and uh, you're pretty prevalent on on social media as well. And literally, how was how was social media? kind of influenced um not not only like football in general but of course you know how you like how like you are as a as a young man um it's obviously had a massive effect on everything you know on everything not just um football but everything um i think that in terms of football Nowadays, um, if you're talking about professional footballers, I feel like they even have to be even stronger nowadays because whereas before it would be like Sky News or the, the newspaper, now it's with them 24-7, you know, 24-7, they're getting news, news reels, news reels, news reels. And how hard is it for you to not just be randomly scrolling on one of them apps for something you see about yourself, you know? Oh, he ain't this good, he ain't that good. Someone's saying something. And then you've just got to sit there like, oh, you know, wow, all these opinions on me because of one game. So I feel like because this is so easily accessible, you know, news nowadays, social media has made it a lot harder to be a professional footballer you know and nowadays also the way everyone's filming sunday games it's like it's like big brother everywhere now you know like you're all, <laughs> do you know what i mean no one can hide no one can hide there's a camera everywhere you know everybody literally has a camera so if you see a human being you know oh, he's got a camera he's got a camera he's got anyone can just literally post and you're on the show so it's 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 hard for the guys that are sort of introvert you know that don't want to be seen they don't really want to be seen on camera and seen now when they're playing are they playing within themselves because they don't want to run on camera get nutmegged and then you know oh they're a meme on on twitter or something like that you know so there's a lot of things that I think I think I don't know if people are thinking that way, but I feel like some people could be, you know, could be having them sort of insecurities. And uh, how can people find you and Kamazi? We are on TikTok, we are on Instagram as Kamazi Strikers. Um, I am everywhere to be fair <laughs> you are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i am everywhere Devil house um, I, I i live stream through youtube twitch as well um i play games i do gaming um but 
mostly now the content that we're trying to give out is the football content that we're giving right now. Um, so yeah, I've got a whole community over there based on gaming, you know, smokehouse community, we call that. Um, run with a, a girl called Queen Smoke and myself, and um, we edit gamers' video clips and stuff like that and market them in different ways and stuff like that. So I'm Debo House on Instagram, that's my gaming one, and Debo Slam is my personal one and whatever. So, but um, yeah, man, Kamazi Strikers on YouTube, um, KSTV, AFC Kamazi Strikers, you can type it in. I think we're on episode seven this week, which will be the Hacks game. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> but nah, man, win, lose, you know, we learn, we move on, you know, we stick together and we stay positive. We stay positive, optimistic always, man. That's all it is with me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I literally love, love the channel, man. Um, like I love I the energy. I know that you, you like to do like the commentary as well. And, um, actually before we actually go, I just want to big you up because, you know, um, you're a kind of very selfless individual. Again, as I said before, you know, um, um, like against Saha, you kind of made me feel really, really comfortable. I mean, I've got so like many clips of, of like you speaking, yeah. and and like even at the grand game where you guys lost on penalties, like you came up and said, you know what, it is what it is, man. You know, hey, like it's it's that's just football. But you know, everyone can go home to their families and literally still literally enjoy the day, yeah. and um, and also in the you know against Spartans. You know, you literally went in goal, you know, and, and and like you don't really see that, you know, and and the literally like it shows that you have no ego, you are there for the team. Actually, you want everyone else to perform, and that's that's what I'm hoping to try to show. You know, I've always um the cameraman that I do work with, we've been working for years together on different adventures and stuff, and um. You know, I've always tried to explain to him and to other people that, you know, you know, you just just always try to give, you know, give, 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 give. You know, don't worry about receiving because it will come. It will come. You're, 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 whatever you're asking for and wanting in the world, it will come. You know, just be as kind as possible. But I've I've been the worst. You know, I've had ups and downs and I've had issues with a lot of people, but. All of these things have made me realize, you know, a lot of mistakes I've made and made me understand how to drop my ego and how to not think about myself and think about actually helping, you know, helping others. And since I've been doing that, to be fair to myself, life has been looking up. <laughs> so, you know, um, as a young man, I made a lot of mistakes and I learned from them. And as a grown adult, I believe now that I... Um, only want to try and show what I want to receive back. So for the young boys that are in my team, I want to show that I'll give, I always say to them, I think I, I even said in the last game, I was on the bench for two years at Kamazi, you know, I was on the bench, sitting on the bench, just with my kit on, you know, if you need me, I'm there, you know, I play games and and um, boss games in this league, you know, when I'm sort when I'm fit, I've, I've tr done, you know, the dirt work and I want everyone to be that same way and hopefully it leaks <laughs> onto the team but it is to be fair there's our, our, we've got a good group of lads you know we just need to just grow together and that's it and hopefully get what we deserve for the hard work I love that and um FT Bundy Gamer has come in and said trust me and like he's bigging you up 
and and uh, he's also bigging up um, for that platform as well. So honestly, Bundy Gaming, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, that's part of the gaming communities. <laughs> they come true. <laughs> love that, love that, love that. So um, honestly, um, thank you kind of so much for like sharing, sharing like your story and your kind of journey, your kind of football and also life life journey. And uh, I'm sure that we'll be seeing each other. 100%. In the future, 100 100%. 100%, man. Thank you for having me on. And um, more success, man. More success for us both. And big up yourself to the show. The show, everything you're doing is amazing. So big up yourself, Tobias. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so like, guys, um, remember every every single Friday, um, I'll be kind of having someone from the uh, South, sorry, not the South, uh, Sunday Football League coming on. Today has been episode one with house um, player coach from Kamazi Strikers. Please like and subscribe. Do do like all of the great stuff, and we'll see you next week Friday.